Welcome to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockoff, authors of the leadership development books, Gapology, Imbar, and Speed of Purpose. At Gapology, our purpose is to help leaders achieve their greatest potential. To learn more about our groundbreaking books and training services, visit our website, gapology.org. Hey everybody, welcome to Gapology Radio. Last week, we had a listener reach out to us with a wonderful idea of including helpful aids that could be referenced during and after our podcast to help leaders remember and apply the methods and tools that we teach. I will say that although it's a bit tough to do over the air, I can point you to a couple of resources available for you. Firstly, pick up a copy of our book that we're referring to on that particular show, whether it's Gapology, Imbar, or Speed of Purpose. And if it's Gapology, we do have a full workbook available on Amazon that does walk you through each of the learning elements. But more specifically, and available at no cost, are the corresponding blogs that I write each week that tie directly to the conversations that we have right here on the show. I document the specifics we discuss and I add details to all the steps. The blog is called The Gapology Angle and it's located on our website, gapology.org. So once you finish listening to the show, head on over there for all of the details. And as for tonight, we're continuing our conversation on connection, looking at its impact on the commitment levels of your team when you connect with them or not. So let's go ahead and get things rolling with Mark Tinas. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? Good, Brian. Just got off the tennis court. Oh, nice. Nice. Did you win? I won one of three sets. Okay. Okay. So for me, that's, I guess that's a victory. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, and speaking of winning, uh, you know, after we do these trainings, uh, workshops and so forth on Gapology, uh, we do it for winning leaders. That's what we're always talking about. And it's interesting, I think, and we did reference this in the last couple of calls, but um, it's interesting the things that people take away as some of the really important elements that really stick with them. And it always seems to come down to ladders for some reason, (laughs) whether it's the habit ladder or the topic that we're talking about this week, the commitment ladder. I feel like this thing really connects with, with people that attend the classes. So we really just run a painting company. I gather you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Either that or we should. Or we're firemen. Yeah. Firemen. Yeah. Yeah. Ladders, yeah. ladders are a pretty big deal. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It, it, anytime I talk to a CEO of a company who's attended one of our workshops and we're wrapping up the conversation with their team, they talk about the ladders. It is yeah. quite amazing. Every time, mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. So I think they, they, they come away with a way to measure the performance of the team, to measure the engagement of the team. It's something they can use. It's something they can pass on. They can teach. For whatever reason, ladders become mm-hmm. of great significance. Yeah. Well, in the book, it's it's just a really great visual. And we take those same visuals and we put them into the slide deck that we use when we're teaching the class. Um, so, you know, those of you who are listening to the podcast, you know, I'd recommend picking up the book certainly to you know see the visual on that. Um, otherwise, take notes you know as we go through, and you can kind of draw your own ladder. Um, I will say you know, and I actually mentioned this in the opening that I recorded for this. Uh, we also have a blog that I write every week. So every time we do a podcast, there's always a corresponding blog that has all of the 
same content essentially. Um, and I expand on a few things and add some additional details. So I do recommend if, if you want to, you know, look at uh, something that's, you know, written down around the things that we talk about, you know, head on over to our website, capology.org and just click on the blog link there and you, you can read about it there as well. But I do think, you know, the latter, just the visual of that, it's something that does stick with people. Well, I remember when we developed it and uh, started using it and we were in a we were probably, I'm trying to think back then, we were probably one-tenth of a nationwide firm. And we discovered and started using the commitment ladder that we're, that we're going to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. And we very quickly were number one in the company because we were able to identify within our team uh, the things that needed to change. Uh, how a commitment was divided up by by individual, and we were able to influence and, and connect with the team in a way that that moved performance. So, uh, commit the commitment ladder has been of incredible significance to Gapology and to many many leaders. And uh, again, it's a way that you can truly measure the connection and performance of your team in a different way that you may not have looked at. So pay, pay close attention. It's of great significance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is a great way to just begin to look in the mirror as a leader. It really defines who you are and how much you connect or that you don't connect with the team. It's it's just a r- great measurement tool for that. Yeah. It, it is a reflection of you. Yep. So you need to take it seriously, and you're the one that can change it. You're the one that can move it in the direction you want to move it. And whenever we do ladders, upward movement is where we're trying to go. So just keep that in mind. And it's a significant part of Gapology. We teach in Gapology how to use it to close gaps, and it's, it's a big deal. Yep, yep. You want to go ahead and jump right in? Yeah, so um, let's let's talk. Just give a little background on the commitment ladder. So it's a significant tool for leaders. And again, you can find it in Gapology. That's the only place you can find it. And in essence, it measures and directs the connection you need to have with your team. So it is a tool for leaders because it allows you to see what you need to do to move results. It really does measure the connection of a team of an individual to their role or to a significant initiative. So you can use it for both. So you could literally put your team on the commitment ladder for their role, or you could put the team on a commitment ladder for a significant initiative that's rolling out. And their level of commitment matters. And your level of connection with them matters because it changes their commitment. So that's what we're really talking about. We're talking about you having the ability as a leader to move your team up the ladder, up in commitment. And that's a game changer. When you're more connected, they're more connected. That should be a t-shirt, Brian. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right, I'm writing That, that would be down. cool. So yeah. the front would be when you're more connected, the back would be there more connected. Yeah, yeah, we could take that. That's big time. <laughs> um, 
So the other thing that's significant here is we don't share with the team the ladder and where they're at. We haven't found that to be productive. It could diminish their performance. So it's, it's, it's a leader's tool that allows you to gauge where the team's at, but you don't share it, but it affects your connection, your behavior. It's about you. You can change the ladder. Does that make sense, Brian? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, the, uh, the temptation here, and I've seen this in the workshops that we do, the temptation is to use this to put people in kind of buckets and pigeonhole them there when the power of doing this exercise is what you're saying that, you know, we do own the levels. We own where they're at, whether they're at the top of the ladder or the bottom of the ladder, we own the, uh, the placement of these people. Yeah. Yeah. So let me comment on that. So we have found over the years that some of the people that were at the bottom of the ladder were actually the top performers. And because the leader changed their connection to them, the leader changed their behavior, they became the top of the ladder. So just because someone's at the bottom of the ladder doesn't mean they're bottom of the ladder. It may mean you're not leading correctly. You're not connecting effectively with them. So we've seen that. Not every time. Not every time. Most of the bottom of the ladder shouldn't be on the team. But there are some that are at the bottom of the ladder that are the top performers. And it's about you. So the ladder allows you to see that. It's an incredible tool. Yep. Well, let's let's talk about the ladder. Can I talk about the first step? Yep. Yeah, sounds good. So you may have heard that most of our ladders are five steps. Some of them are three steps. This is a five-step ladder. So the ladder goes as follows. The bottom is, picture a staircase. The bottom is non-compliant. The next step is grudgingly compliant. The next step is formally compliant. The next step is genuinely compliant. And the top of the five-step ladder is committed. So as a leader, you need to understand all of these five steps. Everyone on your team, including yourself, falls somewhere on this ladder for their role and for any given initiative. So if you've got a critical initiative that you're in charge of rolling out for the organization, you've got to know the commitment ladder and you've got to use it and leverage it. But for their given role, they also fall on the ladder. In the early days, we would actually create a ladder on a flip chart and put it on the wall and literally put sticky dots as to where the team fell on the, on the ladder. And that was significant. It helped us see it. But what it was a reflection of was, is what we needed to do. It was less about them, more about us. When we lead differently, when we connect with the team differently, everything changes. In, you know, in just doing this exercise and stepping back, um, I think the important thing that you you threw out there that um, I quickly wrote down was make sure to include yourself in this. You know, particularly when you're looking at uh, specific initiatives that you're that you're working on or projects that you're trying to measure, it's important to understand where you fall because how you see yourself, how, you know, the actions that you take, 
directly impacts the team. So I think it is a great step in there to make sure you're including yourself. Well, let me add that the ladder, the top of the ladder is committed. And if you're not committed, there's no hope that the team will be. Right. So just kiss it goodbye. <laughs> yeah. If if you're not committed. Yeah. So it is about you. It is about your connection with the team. It's about they, they see your level of commitment. They fully understand your level of commitment. So it needs to be top of the ladder in order to move the team towards the top of the ladder. So that's a great point. Yep. All right. Well, let's start at the bottom of the ladder. So the, the bottom step is non-compliant. So someone who doesn't follow the instructions or the behavior or the practices that we believe in. The leader owns that. It could be a lack of connection on your behalf as a leader. So take ownership for it. Be incredibly clear what you expect and do not tolerate noncompliance. Make sure that it's temporary and that step will go away. Yeah, no, that's that's incredibly important. Uh, your leadership is on display at all times. And when there are people that are non-compliant that are just continuing to exist on the team, other people see it. And and your leadership is really being examined. Your reputation is at risk. Um, and most importantly, any trust that you're trying to build with the team overall is really at risk here. So, you know, begin by examining your level of connection with them. Look in the mirror here. I think uh, um, there's a lot of great things that you can do here to help either move them up or, or move them out. Yeah. Let me add that. So if you tolerate noncompliance, everyone knows it and it lowers the performance of the total team. Mm -hmm. So you're the issue. So connect with the team. Non-compliance is, is not acceptable and uh, conduct the training and the mentoring and whatever is needed to ensure that no one on the team is non-compliant. Yep. Okay. So the next step is a, is a tough one. It's grudgingly compliant. So this one's tough. A lot of emerging leaders don't know about this one and miss on it. So this is the person that may say in front of you that they're all in, but behind your back, they say, you know, this is ridiculous. I don't know what this new initiative is about. I, I, I don't support it. This is very damaging to the team. You cannot tolerate it. You need to find it. It could be your connection with them. So you may need to do more one-on-one, -on -one. Uh, but either way, it must change and it must be temporary. One interesting thing that Brian and I have found over the years is that some of the grudgingly compliant people are the top performers. And for whatever reason, because of your leadership or something they perceive, they've slipped into this abyss and you need to pull them out. And potentially they can become the top performers. But in either case, grudgingly compliant, damages your leadership, it damages the initiative, and it's not acceptable. So it cannot exist. Yeah. You know, in workshops, you know, we usually spend a bit of time on this level here because 
there's usually a lot of questions on, you know, if they're telling you, yeah, I'm all in and, you know, to your face, they're like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm in on this. But then behind your back, they're complaining about, you know, how do you identify these people? And one of the things that we always talk about is, well, first of all, you might hear it from one of their peers. You know, if it's somebody that's really cancerous on the team, that's bringing everyone else down, that's uh, that live much higher on the ladder. Uh, they may come to you and say, hey, you know, this person, here's what I'm seeing, hearing and so forth. But I think a, a way to do it proactively as a leader is to really look at the results. Because somebody who lives at this level, this grudgingly compliant level, will never perform at the same level as somebody who is higher up on this ladder. So look at the results as the indicator here um, is a great way to do it. That's a great point. So the results indicate non-compliance and grudging compliance. Yep. Yep. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and you can't have that. So you can change it though. You can connect and change it. It, and and many times the grudgingly compliant person has to leave the team. Let's be honest. Yep. They need to go. They yeah. damage the team. They lower the performance of the total team. Sometimes they're the top performer. Mm-hmm. That's been somewhat the exception, but it has happened. Yeah. Well, and I've it, seen it. It, it, yeah. it is. Yeah, it is significant. Yeah. You can look at yourself and say, okay, when have I been grudgingly compliant? Oh, yeah, I remember that time. Here's what happened. Mm-hmm. And and something caused that. So just be aware that as a leader, you own it one way or the other. And again, you may have been the one that uh, that created it. Let's overcome it. Let's connect, which is what this series is about. Let's connect with the grudgingly compliant uh, group and ensure that they uh, are compliant. Yep. Everything everything changes. Yeah, exactly. No, good point. So the next step is formal compliance. Th- this one's tough. So this likely is the group that's new. They haven't been trained. They don't know. But unfortunately, they need to be told what to do. They They don't know. They need to be told what to do. So that means they lower the performance of the total team. They'll do it, though. They'll do it, but they need to be told what to do. So they're either someone that's new, who doesn't hasn't been trained, isn't fully up to par, or they're someone that's really an underperformer. And uh, so you have to you have to again connect as a leader with this group because they need to move up or out. The formal group, let me be clear, needs to move up the ladder or out. They can't be on the team. So you need to make a connection with them and understand it. Again, it may be a reflection of you as a leader. Maybe your uh, training level has not been up to par and uh, let's get it up to par. And again, give give people you know the leeway that they need to get trained, but formal compliance will slow the team. It will not allow you to achieve greatness, and it it's not a level that is acceptable for any extended period of time. Yeah, I think the formal compliant group, um, oftentimes this can be a larger size of of a population. When you look at your results and you see that overall you're producing kind of mediocre results. So, you know, we oftentimes rank 
uh, you know, our teams A, B, C, right? So we have our A players, our B players, and C players. And if you find that consistently you're performing at that B level, I would look at the number of personnel that you have at this formally compliant level. These are those good soldiers who will do what you ask, but you have to always ask them to do it. So I would always reflect on, again, it comes back to your leadership here. Are you connecting with them? Are you inspiring them? Are you motivating them? Are you driving them to perform at a higher level? So I I totally agree. It's that upper out philosophy here that um, it needs to start with looking at yourself. Yeah. Most of this is about the leader. Yeah. It's about you. So again, we've, we've always recommended to carry a mirror around with you. (laughs) And anytime there's an issue, just hold it up in front of you and you'll find the problem. It's staring right back at you. Yeah. So we've, we've gone from, um, non-compliant in this conversation to grudgingly compliant and we're moving up the ladder to formal compliant and uh, all of those are clearly about you the good news is the next level is genuine compliance and this is really where you want the team to be when you get them here you achieve industry leading results potentially this is a big deal this, this is where you want the team. The, so genuine compliance would be defined as they own the purpose. They own the mission. They're, they're all in. Uh, they know how to win. It's proven in their results. So they come to work every day and deliver and don't need direction necessarily. And they they get it done. So genuine compliance is is an incredible level. We have seen over the years teams that get to genuine compliance in total to where everyone is genuinely compliant or or above. Oh my God, industry leading, game changing, everything comes together right here. So this is where you as a leader have connected with the team, they're clear, they understand the purpose, they understand their role and how it ties to the purpose, and they deliver. You've connected with them, and uh, you've got, gotten them to this level. It may take some time, but the other levels below, non-compliant, grudgingly compliant, and formally compliant are all gone because the team is genuinely compliant. And wow, it all comes together right here. I'll turn to you. Sorry for taking yeah. so much time, Brad. Oh, no, no, you're good. Uh, yeah, these are, you know, these are a lot of your A players right here. Um, you know, this is the group that you really want on your team. Uh, I think you said it already, Mark, but, you know, I, I just reinforce what you said. I think, uh, you, you know, if you can fill your team with people who are genuinely compliant, so genuinely want to be part of the team, genuinely care, genuinely like feel the purpose and the mission inside. Um, and then you've done your part setting them up for success by providing the skills and knowledge to do so. Um, I think there's there's just great wins ahead if you've if you've established a team at this level. Yeah, my note here on this group is that they are winning and they get it done. Period. Yeah. Yep. They don't wait for you. They get it done. They get it done. They get it done every day. They own it. It's theirs. It's picture picture a team that owns it at your level. 
you know, they, uh, they own it. So, and again, it's a reflection of your leadership, your connection with this group. Unbelievable. You've changed everything. You've created a group of future leaders, potentially. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when you look at the word compliant, um, I look at it that you're, you're really connected to what's important. You know, are you connected to what's important? Are you genuinely connected to it? You know, and that could be the purpose, the mission, and perhaps it's the expectations that you've laid out as a leader. And I think that's incredibly important. Um, So, you know, think about that. Think about how these people connect with the things that you're asking them to do. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is the level. This is where you want to bring the group to. The final level on the five-step ladder is committed. This group is a group of outliers. You you may have found yourself as a leader in this group on a team. They write the rule book. They're the models of behavior. They are the mentors for the team. So as a leader, you need to observe and listen and and follow them and learn from them because they may actually be doing things that you don't know that can be spread to the entire team and change everything. This group needs feedback. They need recognition. They expect that. They thrive on that. Give them that. Connect with them at a very high level. Ensure that they know that you value them. Spend time with them. Give them that extra time. Ensure that they've got developmental plans that that provide for their future. This group is special. They're unique. Um, Take care of them. They're the future. Uh, Ideally, they replace you someday or they replicate you and we grow as an organization. So just think it through. But they're for real. They're rare. They're for real. But they uh, they they create the future for the organization for the team. Yeah, I think here um, this is this is one of those kind of dangerous areas. I think, um, and and when I say dangerous, I there, there's an incredible risk here for not providing the type of leadership that is required. So you know, you mentioned earlier that the grudgingly compliant uh, people a lot of times are some of those top performers. And I think this is the group that they come from oftentimes. Often. Yeah. So these are the ones that will do anything to win. They'll um, they'll go way above and beyond. They'll seek out new ways to win. Uh, they, they may challenge you as a leader, um, push your leadership to the, to the brink <laughs> um, for you. And, and in return, they need those things that you mentioned. They need that feedback, recognition, coaching, um, you know, uh, maybe they're assigned to special projects and, you know, that type of thing where they're able to, to uh, exhibit their leadership skills as well. Um, I think there's, there's a risk there in, in that oftentimes leaders are uncomfortable with them. So I would take a look at that. And in our book, we do talk about uh, the, the method of spending more time with your A players than your C players. I think this is a good example of that. 
that if you spend more time with these committed people, rather than spending time on the non-compliant people, which is typically what we see, um, I think there's way more upside here than downside. That's a great point. Uh, This group, they need to know that they're the future. And they could become grudgingly compliant if you don't lead well. So think about it from that standpoint. They're the future. They are the future. Learn from them. Just switch it around. When you go spend time with them, flip it around and learn from them. They may have the greatest execution that you can spread to the entire team. So this group's somewhat vulnerable. They can work anywhere, by the way. You didn't mention that, Brian. Mm -hmm, So this group can get a job anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you don't lead well, they're gone. They're gone. They may not fall to the bottom of your ladder because they've left, unfortunately. So they're a very talented group. They're a smaller group. It's not, it's not, it's a, it's an outlier group, as I said earlier, but uh, give them the attention and they can uh, change everything. Don't, don't be intimidated by them. They may be your replacement. That's okay. Let that come in the future. Let that come as the organization grows. You need a bunch of them. Value them and understand they're, uh, as a leader, they're likely very much like you. And uh, that that's a big deal. So the commitment ladder allows you to walk through the organization and see everyone in a very clear light. I literally can walk a room and understand the commitment ladder with a group of people I know. It's very real. Once you learn this, you, you become uh, powerful. You become more effective. You become insightful. And it can really help you perform at a totally different level because you have connected with your team like never before. The ability to connect with them, to understand if they are non-compliant, grudgingly compliant, formally compliant, ideally genuinely compliant or committed, allows you as a leader to lead differently and to connect with your team like never before. And that's why the commitment ladder is an incredible tool of connection that you need to really understand. Yeah, I think one one of the things that that occurred to me there is that commitment can ebb and flow. So they could feel very committed one day or feel genuinely compliant one day, but if a leader is off their game the next day, they may slip down. So so I would set up within your leadership rhythm, within your cadence, build it right into your schedule. You know, block some time to look at this on a weekly basis and and just really reflect on how you're connecting with your team. You know, build in some methods to to um, you know connect with them. Uh, to listen to them, to provide recognition and feedback, you know, all of those things, build that into your leadership rhythm and looking at it through the lens of the commitment ladder. Yeah. And I think the first step there is to simply for their role, plug them in on the commitment ladder where you see them. Mm-hmm. Don't tell them, but put them on the commitment ladder. And again, allow that to determine as a leader, your behavior, your level of connection and what you need to do. And it, it works. It works. Yep. yep. 
All right. I think that's a good place to leave it, Mark. As a reminder for those of you listening, if you want to learn more about the Commitment Ladder, grab one of our Gapology books. Head on over to Amazon.com. You can also find links on our website, Gapology.org, as well. And you can read all about it there. Yeah, nice, nice work, Brian. Thank you. All right. Thank you much. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. For more information on the Commitment Ladder, go ahead and pick up your copy of Gapology. It's available on Amazon.com or through our website, Gapology.org. Everyone have a fantastic week. Talk to you soon. This has been a Gapology Institute production. Visit us at gapology.org.